0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. You guys know the rich CBD infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, whole bean or ground. I got a couple of bags in my pantry right now because it is that good. And guys, to get in on Strava, make sure you use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. Guys, Strava is delicious coffee with the benefits of cbd to help with aches pains migraines headaches anything that's going on they can help with so make sure to check out strava craft coffee and use that code DNVR20. all right mace let's hop into the show welcome to the dnvr broncos podcast on this tuesday edition i'm your host zach stevens joined by my main man andrew mason before we hop into the show guys i gotta tell you about msu denver online guys msu denver puts a dynamic education right at your fingertips and i know so many of you guys live in our backyard and have already heard of MSU Denver, make sure you check out their online program, especially for the ones that don't live on our backyard and live out of state, live overseas. Guys, this is the perfect thing for all of us to take advantage of. And because now is a great time not just to get an education, but to do it online. So go to msudenver.edu slash online to check out all they have to offer, including 40-plus online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. Guys, anything you're interested in, MSU Denver has it. So go to check out check them out at msudenver.edu slash online. Mace, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, although when it's
1: just me over here and, of course, Ryan Koenigsberg on assignment today, the one thing I miss is you saying, "My boys." <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe when uh, it's just you and I, I need that from you every day. <laughs> All right, my boy. <laughs> there What's we up, go. Zach? How are you doing, man? <laughs> oh man, a I'm doing. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm doing Happy better. Happy Cinco now. de Mayo. Oh yes, by the way. yes. Don't well, forget. Yesterday, yesterday we had. Uh, Uh, We had May the 4th be with you, and now Cinco de Mayo. What a fun little stretch here on a Monday, Tuesday. Yep. At some point this
1: afternoon, uh, probably before we uh, hear from at least one Denver Bronco player via Zoom conference call in the afternoon, but at some point before then, I will be uh, fixing up some enchiladas, and then uh, during my two hours on the radio, since I'll be doing it from home today, I'll just put it in the oven, check
0: on it, be multitasking left and right, you know. Mm, love that. We, uh, we're we doing a, a Mexican fiesta week here to oh. celebrate. So we did the enchiladas over the weekend. Tonight we're going to do a little Mexican ceviche with some shrimp to celebrate. So yeah, we're, we're bringing the whole, week, or whole day in in style this week.
1: I feel like a slacker because I'm not doing ceviche. That sounds amazing.
0: I've never done it before. So we're going to find out. Yeah. Never even had it at a restaurant.
1: Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 Time out. <laughs> if you haven't had it in a restaurant, how do you know what it's supposed to taste like? I don't. I
0: don't. It's, it's so going to be a trip.
1: You could think it's great, but it may turn out to be
0: something completely wrong. Yep. could it be very Zach's well, ceviche. It very well could. And boy, if, it, if it's wrong, but it tastes right, maybe I need to create something. Oh, uh, cooking it is wrong. Do you want to be right? (laughs) Uh, Well, especially with ceviche, I don't think I really want to be wrong in how I do it. So I'll be following a recipe. Just make sure you get the
1: shrimp well cooked. The rest you can kind of work around, but if the shrimp aren't cooked properly, then you're going to have a long night and uh, you might be on assignment tomorrow.
0: (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) And uh, you know what, Mace? We had a lot of people that wanted to hear about Philip Lindsay. So let's talk about what he talked about recently when he opened up with Terrell Davis on Instagram live over the weekend. He was asked, what'd you think about the Broncos signing Melvin Gordon? And as we should expect from Philip Lindsay, he was very open and honest. So Mace, here's what he said. He said, it caught me off guard because I was like, okay, I've put in the work and done all this and it makes sense and it makes me seem like they don't respect you enough to know the work you're putting in. So I was really upset at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Mace, what do you think of that? That's fiery. It's fiery, but can you blame him?
1: No. Think about what he's accomplished the last couple of years. He's been in the Pro Bowl. He's become the first Broncos running back with back-to-back thousand-yard seasons since Clinton Portis back in – 2002 and 03. He's averaged 4.9 yards per carry so far in his career, which by the way is nearly a full yard more than Melvin Gordon has averaged. Gordon is a, is the superior pass catcher, but uh Lindsay has been the more efficient ball carrier. If I were in Philip Lindsay's shoes, I would have felt the same thing. Yeah. I would it's- have said, "Okay, why do you need to go spending $13.5 million guaranteed on this guy when you've got me here. Yep. And, and shouldn't you be looking for a complimentary back rather than somebody that you're paying to be the primary back? Because let's face it, that contract given to Melvin Gordon says he's probably going to be the
0: starter. Yeah. And, and what this contract says, especially where Philip Lindsay's contract stands right now, is Philip Lindsay has proven that he can have the production of being the guy. And what the Broncos did by sounding Melvin Gordon was saying, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have the guy now, Mel or Philip, but it's not you. You're now that compliment to Melvin Gordon. And like you said, Mace, you you just ran through everything Philip Lindsay's done. What more could he have truly done with the opportunities he's been given? He went on later to say uh, that he's never had 20 touches in a game with the Broncos and he still did all of that. So I totally understand him being frustrated and him being really upset. Uh, And so, but he went on and said, but then I start to think, and I'm like, okay, the thing is this, if something happens to me or something happens to Melvin, it's hard. When I wasn't in the game, stuff was not going as well or smooth. But if you have somebody that can compliment me, like I did my rookie year, where I'm not just the one running up the middle, trying to get first downs all day, I was like, okay, this takes some pressure off me. Now I can do my job and use my speed and do my stuff and stay healthier too.
1: Yeah, and in an ideal scenario, that is how it would work, and you would have a legitimate split between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, and we've talked about this back when Gordon came aboard. If you do disperse the reps and have some balance between the two of them, you've got a nice opportunity to extend Philip Lindsay's effectiveness as a running back and also improve between the tackles when you've got 7 8 men in the box and in particular improve in the red zone because that is an area where I think Melvin Gordon can truly help this team out is in being effective in the red zone the Broncos have been one of the worst teams in the NFL the past 4 years in terms of production from the running back position in the red zone. So that's what you figure he can help with. The problem is if you look at the history that Pat Shermer, Broncos offensive coordinator has in terms of distributing the repetitions, he hasn't been a platoon guy, certainly not recently, but you just take the last couple of years, for example, obviously Shermer had Saquon Barkley in New York and uh, Barkley is clearly a bell cow type of back but you look at the 2018 season Saquon Barkley had 352 touches the next guy on the Giants Wayne Gallman had 73 touches <laughs> wow last year even with Saquon Barkley battling an injury over the course of the season that cost him 3 games you went to uh you went to 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 Wayne Gallman he had 40 touches last year. Saquon Barkley had 269. And if we go back to the 2017 season, that's a little bit different. In Minnesota, of course, you had Dalvin Cook getting hurt early in the year. But then Dalvin Cook in those first four games had 85 touches, so 21.3 per game. And then Latavius Murray comes in, he has 231 touches, most of those coming in those 12 games that he filled in for Dalvin Cook. So again, you have a situation where from game to game, you weren't really dispersing the reps. It was one guy, and that's it. So is that? And also, you had the other guy you had in there is also, pardon me, yeah, Jerick McKinnon also who played some time and got and got some of the reps, but certainly he wasn't getting as many as as uh. Latavius Murray in 2017. So you don't have a situation where it was ever really, uh, balanced for the most part.
0: Well, and in those situations you had, uh, top, top draft picks with those spots. Well, now Melvin Gordon, yes, he's a first round pick. And he's also, I believe like the sixth highest paid running back. So there's a big investment in Melvin Gordon to say that maybe it could go that way and Philip Lindsay kind of addressed that in terms of what his mindset is with maybe not getting as many touches he said I'm going to do my part whether it's five touches ten touches one of them is going to be a touchdown I don't need 20 touches I never did I don't think I ever got 20 touches but give me five six seven ten I'm going to break one and that's, that's a great mindset. As a fan, you love to hear that. Philip Lindsay, you know that he's the best when he's running downhill and he's on fire. Well, right now, in April and May, it seems like he's on fire with the way he feels. And that just seems like it's going to be great. But Mace, we've heard the, the good and the bad. We, we've heard Philip Lindsay didn't like it, and now he see, sees the positives. And. I think that's going to be a fine line to walk for the Broncos to make sure that Phil stays on that fiery path where he's really motivated and and he's happy enough, but still driven as opposed to going too much one way or too much the other way. And I don't think the Broncos are are really ever going to go too much to the good side for Phil. I don't think they're going to give him 20 touches, especially he hasn't had that in his career. Now, why are they going to give it to him when they have Melvin Gordon? So what I'm really worried about is making sure that the fine line doesn't go to the bad side in terms of where Philip Lindsay just becomes this, this piece that they rarely use, and then he gets very upset.
1: Did he really say, by the way, that never, he hadn't had 20 touches in a game? Yep. Has
0: he? he he's done that several times. <laughs> yeah, he said, I don't think I ever got 20 touches.
1: Okay, well... just a quick check of the univac here you've you've got one two three four five five games five games that he's had 20 total touches so okay not many
0: you can't play the uh the disrespect card and say you've had 20 touches i guess
1: (laughs) yeah i suppose so but i just I find that interesting because I think he's got a good enough case to make without saying something that that isn't true. But uh, again, he probably it's probably not something he uh, he gave a great deal of thought. He, he gave a great deal of thought to. I just find that uh, I find that sort of interesting because he you said that and it was the first time I'd heard that quote because I've been busy with some other stuff and I was working on some preview magazine stuff this weekend and in the last night, so I hadn't gone back and watched the full philip Lindsay trail davis interview and so when you said that and relate that quote it kind of caught me off guard and so i then started looking at his numbers here well we need to
0: add we need to add philip Lindsay to the long list of people that have been maced well the other thing that's interesting zach is that he had three of the
1: or he had two of those 20 touch games down the stretch last year
0: Mm. so they were
1: using him more he had 20 touches against the chargers he had 21 touches against the lions when he had nice little game 118 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So is that again, is that even more
0: reason that Philip Lindsay could be upset is because he did have those bigger games down the stretch and the Broncos still went out and got someone
1: that I would imagine maybe that might have an impact on his thinking as well, that uh, there, you went into the, the last few weeks of the season, you had, of course, Drew Locke balling out at some times, having rookie moments at others, but at the same time, showing a lot of potential and showing maybe the future of this offense, a future that would involve Drew Locke and Philip Lindsay working well together. Because at that point last year, uh, Royce Freeman was showing that he really, really was not the answer, really was not what the Broncos were looking for going forward. The uh, What's interesting, Zach, the last five games of, of the season last year, 20 touches against the Chargers, 18 against the Texans, only seven in the snow against the Chiefs, 21 against the Lions, 18 against the Raiders. Pretty steady work. Yeah. And I looked at Philip Lindsay and the way he was producing, and, th- and I, I still think, okay, The goal should be to compliment him. The problem is Melvin Gordon's contract dictates that he's probably going to be the starter, and that shows how they feel about him. But I still think the ideal goal is to compliment Phil and find a way to extend his effective life to where he's not wearing down early in his career, to where he's having a potentially lengthy seven- to eight-year run. Now, seeing the chip that's on his shoulder, Zach, it doesn't sound like a guy that's going to be in Denver for the long haul unless the landscape changes and it could Melvin Gordon could struggle. He's got 2 years on his contract. Philip Lindsay is an RFA next year and then doesn't hit unrestricted free agency until 2022. So it could still all work out for Philip Lindsay to happily sign a significant contract extension with the Broncos heading into 2022. But does this sound like a guy who's completely happy with this scenario and someone who's going to let something like this slide? Because the one thing we, we know about Philip Lindsay is this. One of the things that powers him is the chip on
0: his shoulder. Yep, you nailed it, Mace. This doesn't sound – what this really doesn't sound like is a guy that's going to take a hometown discount. And earlier in the offseason, the three of us talked about, okay, what's a fair contract that the Broncos can give Phil that he would take, we were saying in the 3 to $4 million range per year, you know, four years, $16 million, I think is really the highest we went, maybe 10 of those guaranteed. Now, I don't think there's a chance you get that done. And I know Philip Lindsay's only making, you know, seven, $800,000 this season. So that would be a massive raise. Uh, but next year, if he plays under that second round tender, well, he's going to be, you know, three and a half million dollars. So it's just putting that off for one year. And then he could hit the open market and go for a lot more, especially if he puts up similar numbers to what he's done the past two years. Instead, now, instead of potentially getting a three or $4 million per year deal done, it sounds like he's going to be pointing at that Austin Eckler deal and saying, that's where we start. In that Austin Eckler deal that got done earlier this year, four years, 24 and a half million dollars with 15 million guaranteed at signing. I think Phil's going to point to that and say, look, I'm, I'm just as good as Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, my stats are different than Austin Eckler, but I'm the first undrafted back in NFL history. To have back-to-back seasons to start my career of a thousand rushing yards, so he has a case for himself. And if you give him that deal from the Broncos, now you're talking big-time money for your running backs. You're already talking that that you're investing, you know, nine million in your two running backs. That's a decent amount. But if you're talking about investing fourteen million dollars in your running backs this year and next year, that it, I mean, you're close to leading the league in that department and also if he gets 15 million dollars guaranteed that would be more than you just gave melvin gordon
1: okay i understand what you're throwing down there zach and i think you make some good points but at the same time let's talk about the austin eckler contract and getting worth of six million dollars per year yep. what does austin eckler do really well catches the ball out of the backfield right and that's something that philip Lindsay has not done as effectively as you would have hoped, particularly last year. And I think one of the it's sort of a baffling thing. Last year, do you know how many games Philip Lindsay averaged more than 10 yards per reception? Um I'll go with three. Two. Oh, 12 and a half, or 12.3 yards per catch on four receptions against Green Bay. And against Buffalo, he had one reception for 11 yards. The pass-catching production for Philip Lindsey, it was pretty pedestrian last year. And much of his work that I allude to down the stretch with Drew Locke did come when he was taking handoffs. Because in the, last, in the second half of the season, Zach, Philip Lindsay had 10 receptions for 36 yards. In the last how many games? In the last half of the season, the last oh, eight oh, games oh. of the year. Yikes. And we know that a big part of the reason why Melvin Gordon is here is to catch the football, but I would also argue for Philip Lindsay the way he should treat Melvin Gordon's arrival. Yeah, it's probably going to take some touches from you in the short term, but I would look at it, and I think Philip Lindsay will because he's just somebody who again has that chip on the, sho- on the shoulder. He's looking for a challenge. He's the guy that, despite his size, barrels full speed into the box. Is fearless. So i would I would encourage Phil, and I think he's going to take it this way as well to look at the arrival of Melvin Gordon and say, okay, what was missing in your game that compelled the Broncos to get Melvin Gordon and it was the pass catching game as something that's going to be especially valuable working under Pack Shermer, and find ways to get better extra time with the jugs, uh, maybe go and join the wide receivers after practice on the jugs machine once things get back to where the players are all gathering together at Broncos headquarters do the things necessary to improve in that area because I think the addition of Melvin Gordon Zach it's not an indictment on Philip Lindsay the running back it's an indictment on Philip Lindsay the pass catcher because he just was not as productive as the Broncos needed him to be Royce Freeman was a more productive pass catcher last year than Philip
0: Lindsay was I I completely agree with you Mace and the interesting thing is Phil views it and doesn't look at the pass catching when he's talking about this. He says, I need a compliment so that I'm not pounding the middle every single time. Like I was last year. I need someone to take that load off of me. So he's saying, I want someone to kind of, you know, take those grinding yards in between the tackles and in between the guards. I want that them to take that off me. So maybe Melvin Gordon will do that. Especially we know Melvin Gordon is good in short yard situations and third down in the red zone. But Melvin Gordon's also going to take the pass catching responsibilities off him. So I think for Phil, at least the way this is painting is he's going to have a very specific role, it seems, in terms of, you know, kind of outside runs is just kind of what we're talking about right now, Mace. Now, that means that he has to continue to develop or be willing to take more of those inside runs. But Phil, he said something very interesting. He said, give me, you know, five, six, seven, 10 touches. I'm going to break one. I think that's how Phil's going to have to get into the end zone is by breaking them. And when I hear the word breaking them or the phrase breaking them, I think of big plays. And I think that's how Phil's going to have to get in the end zone this year is big plays because Melvin Gordon's probably going to eat up a lot of those red zone snaps, especially when you get close to the goal line. Not only is Melvin Gordon good at it, but Phil is saying, look, I want someone else to run in between the tackles. Now I don't think Phil is going to tell the coaches that by any means, but I just think it's setting up where if Phil wants to get in the end zone. It's going to be from big plays.
1: Yeah. Bingo. You hit the nail on the head with red zone because Melvin Gordon is one of the most effective red zone backs in the NFL is something we discussed when the Broncos signed him. Uh, there are a lot of metrics to show this and the Broncos as a team, no matter who's been running the ball, have not been effective at getting red zone yards. So for Philip Lindsay if he's going to make those explosive plays they're going to have to come from probably the 25-yard line and beyond so they're going to have to be some long touchdowns and he's shown to be capable of that but that is something that is also very boom or bust feast or famine so with Philip Lindsay if that's the point of emphasis with him putting him in posi- in position to make some outside runs and take advantage of open space then then the game-to-game production is probably going to look very inconsistent. It's going to look like a seismograph during an
0: 8.0, up and down, up and down, up and down. (laughs) Yep. And Mace, I think what this means and signing Melvin Gordon and what Phil's role will be and and the mentality, the fierce mentality that Phillip's going to bring, I think it's going to mean, just like you said, the up and down. But I think in terms of a yards-per-carry average, He's probably going to be even better than the 4.9 because I think they're going to use him in very specific ways running the ball that really, really utilizes his strengths. But at the same time, so I think this year, when he gets the ball, he may be even better than we've seen. He's not going to get the ball as much. So the numbers may not be as good, but that yards per carry average, I think, is going to be even better, which is pretty incredible. But in terms of the long term future with the Broncos, I think it means no hometown discounts for Philip Lindsay.
1: No hometown discount, which means if he's going to get big money from the Broncos, he's going to have to prove that he's worth it. And that's why even though we talk about him getting a lot of uh, outside runs in space, I'm going to keep hammering this home and coming back to it. He has got to improve as a pass catcher. Uh, He's got to become more consistent. And let's face it, last year he averaged, 5.6 yards per reception over the course of the season, 6.9 in 2018. Uh, That 2018 figure isn't bad, 5.6, it's not going to do. He's got to get himself in a position where he's averaging. I would say, because of the style of running back he is, he needs to be averaging at least eight yards per catch. And that's going to be a significant leap from the first two years. Melvin Gordon, for his career, Zach, has averaged 8.4 yards per reception, three years at 8.2 or higher, including one of 10.2 yards per catch. So becoming more efficient, more effective as a pass catcher, bringing the ball in more consistently, avoiding drops, making people miss in the open field. These are the tenets for Phillip Lindsay that he's got to adhere to if he's going to grow as a player into the type of running back He wants to be, and the Broncos want him to be.
0: Yep, you nailed it. And he has two years to prove it because Melvin's on a two-year deal right now. Of course, the Broncos could sign Phil now. They could sign him next year. But when they'll have big money for a running back is in two years. That's true,
1: of course, at the same time. Two years from now, maybe Drew Locke is getting more money as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a, there are a lot of complications. You might be talking about a Drew Locke extension. I want to talk about Breck Brewery for a second. Of course, our good friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us at DNVR during this crazy time. And Breck needs your help to keep the farmhouse rolling during this COVID nineteen pandemic. Of course, they're still offering. Uh, they're still offering service where you can drive on up. You can order food from them. If you order your meal and beer from the farmhouse, use the code DNBR. Save five dollars if you can. Please support the quality, outstanding workers down at the farmhouse. And don't forget, if you're local, you can pick up food and or beer at the farmhouse. You can go. Call 303 803 1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. They'll even bring your to-go order out to your car for you. And don't forget about their 15 cans. Their 15 can sampler. Pardon me through Drizzly, Avalanche Beer, Colorado Core, Hop Peak. You can get some of your favorites there in the 15 can sampler. Of course, Strawberry Sky. We are going into summer we're in mid spring some beautiful days it's a good chance to sit outside on a porch in your backyard just enjoy a sunset and a strawberry sky a few things are better go and find the breck beer locator of course at breck Brewery's website you can find out all the places you can get breck beer
0: both in colorado and throughout the country and guys what compliments breck beer perfectly is DraftKings Sportsbook. The wait is finally over, guys, and DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing legal sports betting to Colorado. We're so pumped about this partnership because sports betting in Colorado became legal on Friday, and that's when we got our partnership with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's going to be such an awesome partnership. They already have awesome things on the table for them right now. Guys, this weekend – is a big UFC ticket going on. So make sure to check out DraftKings for that. They're going to have all of the sports and all of the lines that you could ever imagine. Uh, and it, you, can, you can do it from the palm of your hand. Make sure to download their app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. And guys, for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of one up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus, bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4777. Zero zero guys, we really are so stoked for this DraftKings Sportsbook partnership that we have. So make sure to download their app to play along with us. All right, yeah Mace. You could and you can bet on Korean baseball as well. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, they seriously have it all. They're going to be have so many sports when sports finally get back. But until then, they're gonna have every sport that you could possibly imagine.
1: Nicaraguan Soccer, Belarusian Premier League. Uh <laughs> course korean baseball organization saw that on espn last night and table tennis from moscow are some of the things you've been able to bet on in recent days and of course you got you also got those juicy prop bets of and and award bets for the nfl that are popping up so be sure and check them
0: out let's hear from the people as we say first one from rd dolly question Who's the quarterback that has thrown the most touchdowns to first round wide receivers? Now, of course, this has been a, a popular topic. Mace, before looking, did you know the answer? Yeah, I knew it was Peyton Manning. Of course you did. Of course you did. And that's the answer. Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Demarius Thomas. Total of 293 touchdown passes to first round wide receivers. For comparison, Aaron Rodgers has thrown just one touchdown to a first round wide receiver. And it wasn't even a receiver, was it? I believe it was a. Uh, it was Mercedes Lewis last year? Uh, was, yeah, I believe so. It was some tight end, yeah. How many touchdowns will Drew throw to his first-round receivers, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, next year? My guess is 18 total to these two. 10 to Jerry Judy and 8 to Noah Fant.
1: I like the optimism there. I just – I think – I think we're probably expecting a little bit too much from an offense with new points of emphasis with Drew Locke having to find a way to gain cohesion with Jerry Judy without off season practices and with training camp potentially altered. I'll be honest, Zach, I would be really happy with obviously Cortland Sutton's not a first rounder, but I'd be happy with eight touchdowns for Cortland Sutton. Six for Noah Fant, five for Jerry Judy
0: this year. Yeah. i I take that to the bank. Yeah, 18 would be huge between Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. Um, uh, You could see how maybe each of them gets eight each, but I think think one of them getting eight and one of them getting six is probably realistic. So about 14. uh, Realistic uh, on the high side as well, Mace. I think your numbers are very realistic as well.
1: Yeah, and I have high expectations for this group, over time i just don't know that we're going to see everything blossom as people hope in 2020 it might be 2021 before things are really kicking and that's okay because jerry judy he's gonna be a rookie receiver this year Noah Fant, tight ends have a long learning curve so he's going to be still developing give us some time i think uh, i think 18 you could see maybe in 2021 or beyond but not 2020 right
0: nick scott says Nick Scott says, guys, as happy as I am for you to have a sponsor like MSU is my least favorite sponsor you guys have. And let me tell you why. It basically just boils down to the fact that I graduate college in less than a week on Friday. And the thought of taking more classes makes me physically ill. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. And Broncos news is it too early to buy a Jerry Judy jersey. I'm pumped about him. Have a good one, boys.
1: Well, I'll let you answer that question about whether to buy a Jerry Judy jersey because my answer is always buy the retired player jerseys because you know they're not going out of style.
0: Right, and and I always say there's no rush to buy a rookie jersey. You know, If he turns into a star, well, it's okay that you jumped on the bandwagon to get a star in in a year or two down the line, Um, especially with how expensive jerseys are. But here's the thing with Jerry Judy is he's going to have every opportunity times like five to succeed. So he's a pretty safe bet. If you want to break the rule of staying away from rookies.
1: Yeah. The Alabama wide receivers are about the safest in the first round are about the safest bet draft bet there is. Yeah. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Baja 24. Hey y'all were any of you able to catch ESPN's E60 from this past weekend about Alex Smith's recovery from his gruesome leg injury. It was equal parts devastating and inspiring. I never knew how close he was to not only losing his leg, but also his life. Crazy to think that he was making regular appearances at mile high only a few short years ago. And in the MVP conversation during his last year in KC, and now may never play football again. Anyway, watching the E60 special reminded me of how much I actually genuinely like Smith, even when he played for the Chiefs admittedly, it probably helped that we almost always beat them during the Manning years. I wonder who are some guys who have played for rival AFC West teams over the years whom you've actually liked and for the heck of it, who are some players on those teams
0: you absolutely despised? Uh, well, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks and go with Phillip Rivers. I got to say when he entered the league and he was John back and forth with Jay Cutler not too long ago, couldn't stand him, despised him. Just like every single Broncos fan. But after that, and after the Broncos really controlled the Chargers, man, I just, I loved the mindset and the attitude and, and, and all the fire that Philip brought to the field, because it was all out of heart from him and, and love from the game. So uh, it, in the end, I really liked Phil as a guy.
1: I always liked Philip Rivers. I liked him
0: <laughs> at NC State. I liked him
1: when he got to the Chargers. And when you had Phillip Rivers and Jay Cutler as the starting quarterbacks in those games from late in 06 through 08, honestly, I I was on the side of Phillip Rivers. (laughs) But one of the, but one of those years I wasn't working for the team anyway, but yeah, I, I, if you asked me to choose between the quarterbacks, I would have chosen Rivers every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) in terms of a person and a uh and a player
1: yeah but what's interesting is that i don't i don't find myself working up a lot of hatred for players anymore yeah on on other teams i mean they've got to really get to a certain level of malfeasance to where i i don't like them um
0: like Tyree Kill, I think, uh, none yeah, of us like exactly.
1: Him. Uh, just for me not to like him, it's gotta be something like domestic abuse. It's gotta, you know, DUIs, that sort of thing, just basic, uh, basic poor behavior. It's, you know, it's one reason why I've never been a fan of Jameis Winston mm. in Tampa, for example, just because he had uh, the long rap sheet. I would have rather had Marcus Mariota. Of course, both of them moved on after for five years and uh you'd have to say it's a push between Mariota and Jameis Winston as far as who turned out
0: better yeah (laughs) yeah yeah give me Jameis but I totally understand what you're saying about off the field stuff yeah and and that's that's sort of what I I I go by more
1: than uh like I can't really say I I disdain I have disdain for many players because of their on-field demeanor right right that's just part
0: of the show it, it is, it is. Dan Burke says, Mike Clay just put out his predictions for the season and thinks the Broncos finished second in the division. The Broncos score 341 points for 21.3 points per game average. The Broncos give up 321 points for a total of 20 points per game. The Broncos win 8.7 games, let's call it nine. The Broncos make the playoffs as the sixth seed and the Broncos play the Colts at Lucas Oil. The Broncos end up picking 20th in the 2020 NFL Draft. Seems pretty fair, right? How realistic do y'all think this is? And if they did play the Colts with Rivers at quarterback, who do you think wins this matchup? I think
1: that's about the most realistic prediction that I've seen. I agree. And right down to facing the Colts and Phillip Rivers, because with the chaos that's going on in Houston this offseason, I think Phillip Rivers goes to Indianapolis, and maybe he's not vintage Phillip Rivers, but he's better than he's been the last year or so. And the Colts win the division. Because that wasn't a bad team. It was a team that was kind of bogged down by poor play from the quarterback position last year. Now Frank Wright gets his guy in there. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be a very impactful rookie there in the backfield. He'd be my bet for rookie of the year. If I did go on our, the DraftKings Sportsbook and place a bet, it would probably be on Jonathan Taylor to be rookie of the year. Of course the question then
0: becomes okay who wins mace i think i think everything you said is is legit and i think mike clay nailed it on on the head right here and i also think that this would be the best matchup the broncos could ask for in the playoffs realistically because you know of course you want the first round bye and you want to be playing at home but without that first round bye, because i'm giving that to the chiefs surprisingly enough um i think that the broncos have to go on the road somewhere think you want to be the Colts and yeah I give the Broncos a really good chance in fact right now heck give me the Broncos I believe he had Buffalo
1: winning the AFC East and being the four seed and the truth is I'd rather go play at Indianapolis in round one than at Buffalo yep I like the Broncos chances better in Indianapolis than in Buffalo I feel like if Buffalo does have a home game, if there are fans there, that's going to be kind of the worst possible environment to have to go on the road and play in, a playoff game. In Indianapolis, I think, it could be fairly
0: uh, benign. It's a winnable game for the Broncos. Yep, I agree. So, Mike Clay, I like your predictions. Thanks for that one, Dan Burke. Bash the
1: man. Yo, yo, yo. Been thinking about what to say. It's been a really rough time for me as of late. And out of every – out of everything going on so it's been great to have you all in my ears five days a week can't say it enough thanks guys i appreciate all the hard work you put into this so i guess i'm just trying to say just like drew is going to lock us down for a playoff spot you guys have locked the spot in my heart keep them coming i'll keep listening it'll probably be a while for me to post another comment as life gets hectic peace loving chicken grease i'm out p.s
0: have you all tried cow's tongue it's quite tasty in barbecue sauce. <laughs> well, thanks for rolling with Dutch Vash, Vash the man. I've never tried cow's tongue in barbecue sauce, but in China I did have cow tongue soup. And uh, I, I think I, have uh, yeah, it's what you would expect. It's pretty
1: fatty, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I, I doubt I'd like it then because <laughs> I, I, I don't like really fatty. Meats.
0: yeah i think that's one thing where i've i've had it once and uh probably once is all i need to have it but the man we're here for you and thanks for rolling with us and uh yep we we got you locked down for five days a week love it love it ice man hey friends
1: i'm so glad they refused to pick up 72's option it's time rk to sign peters and dump this absolute liability if he gets Drew hurt, 2020 is gone, though, thanks to 1-7 Driscoll waiting in the wings to probably go 1-7 again. Not to mention, will Juwan James play 63-plus snaps in 2020? Well, there is Michael Munchak and Hunter Watts. Yes, RK, it was the stadium district and guys like Mason Iceman that voted to get us a new Mel Stadium, and Coors Field is a free bonus with the, one, with the one-tenth of one-cent sales tax increase in the 1998 elections. Go America, London, Andrew Munchak, Hunter slash DNVR bar.
0: <laughs> I love that we have a shout-out to Hunter Watts in, uh, in Iceman's Go. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and boy, aren't we all happy that you guys voted on the stadium to be here. Yeah, boy,
1: oh, boy. If, uh,
0: if that had not passed, how would Denver look different? Oh, boy, oh, my gosh. I don't know if we'd be sitting here right now, Mace. Well, one of the uh, what-ifs I'll
1: do as the offseason uh, kind of calms down a little bit will be uh, what if the Broncos had moved to Atlanta. They nearly moved to Atlanta back in the 1960s.
0: Oh, wow. The so Atlanta there have been times
1: Broncos. in history where it was uh, on the edge. Back in the late 90s, as I recall, the threat was Los Angeles sitting open yep. and the Broncos potentially going there if the sales tax was not passed to help build what is uh, now known as Empower Field at Mile High. And the other thing I remember is that there were some fans who, when the Broncos changed their logo, were upset and feared the team might
0: move because they took the D out of it. Yeah, I could see how that would be terrifying. Yeah, that they thought, oh, well, they could take this
1: logo and go anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they could like, be the los angeles broncos <gasps> <laughs> fortunately it didn't come to pass because but, yes without without the broncos i would who knows where i'd be i wouldn't be in i wouldn't be in denver right now yeah yeah I, man
0: i might never have visited denver period wow that's if something not for else. the broncos
1: wow that is, think
0: about that. <laughs> the good thing is is i don't think they're going to add a third team in los angeles especially when it seems like two is too many and maybe even one may be too many. I still say that the, uh,
1: the chargers made the Pennywise pound foolish move to go to what will now be known as SoFi stadium that it would have cost more, but if they had to move, they should have found a way to move to orange County and build their own stadium there. Yeah. Yep. That would have, it would have allowed them to own part of that market potentially And control more instead of just being tenants to tenants to the Rams. Yep, and that's what it feels like.
0: And that's what it feels like they are to Los Angeles. They're just renting it until uh, until they're forced to move somewhere else. Yep, it's a shame. Cause they have great uniforms. Yep, yep, (laughs) they do. (laughs) I can agree with you on that. Next one says comes in from what a big bird. The question is, took a seven minute soak. Mace, are you a fan of letting your cereal soak for seven minutes? No, (laughs) absolutely not, because it's not crunchy. Yeah, exactly. You got to eat it up before those seven minutes.
1: Sometimes I'll have it uh, without soaking anything. Actually, last night while I was working on my Lindy's uh, preview magazine piece, which uh, you'll be able to purchase coming up here this summer. Love it. Um... I would say go purchase it at newsstands and, but uh, how many newsstands are going to be going to be open? <laughs> it's true. Grocery stores, grocery stores are still open, right? And they have magazine racks. Yeah. Go to King Supers and and uh, please purchase that uh, for a good look around the NFL. But yeah, I'm, I'm eating cereal either plain or quickly in milk. I'm
0: I don't get the soak. Cereal is supposed to be crunchy. Let's so, say so, soggy. I. Totally agree. So when you eat it plain, do you use a spoon still?
1: Oh, actually, I admit I was you know totally uh, I was just totally devoid of any social graces when I had my cereal. I was grabbing it from the bag <laughs> and just
0: shoveling oh, it in my mouth. I actually think that's the right way to eat dry cereal. It it gives me the heebie jeebies when I see people eating dry cereal with a spoon. It's 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 wrong.
1: I was eating it like I was eating gold, like the, you know, the goldfish snack.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Basically, that's
0: how I was just grabbing some. and I think oh, that's it. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's the only way you can do dry cereal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Count Locula.
1: Am I the only count that's a bit disappointed by the lack of strange names of the Korean baseball teams? I want to pick a team based on the sobriquet of their quirky, zany, or odd mascot, but I'm left with nothing to lampoon. Am I too picky?
0: Love the count. <laughs> so, what names do we have that disappoint the count? Well, I mean, for example, you've got the you know
1: the Samsung Lions.
0: Okay, yeah. Henwa
1: Eagles, the Kia basic. Tigers. Basic. Wow. Kiwoom Heroes. That's interesting. The KT Wiz. Okay, there you go. Right there. We're based
0: like- in Suwon. Are they KT Wiz? Like Cheese Wiz?
1: W-I-Z. The same nickname as the Kansas City Major League Soccer team was when Major League Soccer began back in 1996 They were the Kansas City Wiz, W I Z.
0: Oh, is it for Wizards or what? What is a Wiz? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess count I mean so far with with most of these names, I'm there with you, but I agree with you, Mace. The most the most entertaining one right now is Wiz.
1: And then you have the LG Twins, the Latte Giants, the NC Dinos who were on ESPN last night, and the SK Wyverns.
0: What is that? What is a wyvern? I have no idea. It sounds like a a killer.
1: A legendary
0: bipedal dragon with a
1: tail often ending in a diamond or arrow shaped tip. Wow. A popular creature in European literature Video games and modern fantasy. I'm just reading this straight off of the the Wikipedia page. So, there, I think you're basically left with the the Wyverns or the Wiz, or maybe the Heroes as well. But you have names like the Giants, the Twins, the Tigers. Those are MLB names. Bears, Eagles, and Lions. Those are NFL names.
0: Lions, Tigers, Bears. Oh, my.
1: There was a, a defunct team named the, the raiders
0: mm, they would be i defunct. think
1: they were there if i pronounce this correctly the sangbang wool raiders and the one that i think would have actually had some traction if they were in korean baseball because we use this term a lot especially in at draft time the unicorns
0: <laughs> there was a
1: team called the hyundai unicorns that ended play after the 2008 season
0: well, wow, they really were a unicorn, just had to get out.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not picking a, a team just yet, by the way. I'm, I'm going to wait a week or two before I pick my KBO side here.
0: <laughs> and I'll be there right with you. But it does seem like, Count Locula, you have one team. I can't go with the Wiz. That just sounds, that sounds too, too weird. So... Well,
1: in, in the early days of MLS, you could have a matchup between the Dallas Burn and the Kansas City Wiz. And if you felt burn while taking a whiz, (laughs) consult a doctor immediately.
0: Uh, Yikes. (laughs) Orange Bronco UK. No, UK game is canceled. Glad to hear you guys were positive about us getting a UK Broncos game next year. Fingers crossed. Quick question. Where would you rank the new look Broncos offense compared to the other 31 teams in the league? So this is kind of a power rankings, and, you know, we will dive into a full power rankings on this pod uh, or an article at, uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future. Kind of like Mace has said uh, a couple of times today and this week, really the off season is really starting to begin for us right now, as crazy as that is. But we've just had – we've had so much news and so much things to process with free agency, the draft now in the next couple of weeks it'll really die down and that's when we can do the fun things like if we haven't been doing fun things already but like power rankings and things like that so we'll definitely get into that because that's more of a bigger topic than just one question but Mace I guess in a ballpark where would you throw the Broncos right now I can't put them
1: any higher than mid-tier right now they're just there's too many moving parts too many unknowns young quarterback who's only started five games, the potential to have two primary receiving targets, maybe even three, if you include Melvin Gordon, with whom Drew Locke hasn't worked yet, hasn't begun uh, getting cohesion and timing there. The potential is high. I just don't know that we're going to see the fulfillment of that potential, at least on a consistent basis this year. I think it's going to be fits and starts this year.
0: I agree right now I'm putting them just like you said, middle of the pack, which I, I don't think is bad. Uh, and, and I think that middle of the pack could be, end up being like as high as nine. It could also be as low as somewhere in the twenties, but right now I'll throw them at 14. How about that?
1: I think that's fair. Remember if this team is middle of the pack and it's scoring output and its defense maintains its production in terms of preventing points you're talking about a team that's plus three per game and is probably
0: winning nine to eleven games yep yep barring anything statistically anomalous and where i put this team right now is at least nine and seven i think they're going to have a winning season could easily be ten and six as well so maybe you know that's up to 12 i don't know somewhere around there yep love thunder down under okay i've got a feeling I think Fant is the breakout star from this team in 2020. The man is a beast. He really is. Every time I rewatch 2020 games, he just pops with some of those big moments. Jacksonville, Cleveland, Houston. Sure, not enough of them in his rookie year to steal the spotlight. But my giddy aunt, I have a feeling it'll be more regular in 2020 with the space underneath that should be created by Sutton, Judy, and Hamler. He will be a yards after catch monster and will destroy defensive backs in open space. So who is your breakout star for the Broncos in 2020? Well, I think you have some excellent points there Love Thunder down under. I, I definitely think that Noah Fant uh, showed what he's capable last year and that'll become more consistent this year.
1: He's my choice as well, because we did see the flashes Pat Shermer's offense is going to help him schematically. I think it'll open up some things for him and allow him to play to his strengths more. I don't think you're going to see Noah Fant isolated on premier edge rushers one-on-one this year. I think you're going to see him helping out Drew Locke by getting into space quickly and giving him a nice safety valve in the flat. I think he'll do more going down the seam hit the nail on the head and love Thunder talking about the space created by Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. I think that's going to help him out. Also, I think Melvin Gordon as a receiving back is going to take some pressure off of Noah Fant. I expect a big year for him. One where maybe he even pushes for the Pro Bowl. He may not have the yards or reception total of, say, a Zach Gertz or Travis Kelsey. But I think he could be a YPC, yards per catch monster. Remember last year, one of the things about him was he averaged 14 yards per reception, of course, buoyed by some big plays. But that's how those things work. He was the first rookie tight end in a quarter century to get 40-plus catches, 500-plus yards, and 14 or more yards per catch. Something special for him as a rookie.
0: I think bigger things are in
1: play for him in year two.
0: For a breakout candidate, does it doesn't it kind of have to be someone that was around last year? Yeah,
1: typically. So it can't because they're taking another step forward. So you wouldn't necessarily say Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to go rookies. Cortland Sutton kind of had that last year. I don't. Yeah, he broke out. I don't. That's a great year two breakout example is Cortland. Yep, I don't think Phil has can break out from what he's done. I don't think I'll be given the opportunity. So I think there's only one guy that you can point to and that's Noah Fant. but I do think that he will have that type of season that, that Mace is talking about.
1: Wouldn't you say that once you've made the pro bowl, you can't break out? Yes.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Unless you make it like Trevor
0: Simeon whistle. Right. My boy, Trev getting the pro bowl nod. Oh gosh. He'll always have that. He will. He will try Bronco chiming and Hey y'all top five vegetables, not a ranking, just a list. Green beans, corn, boiled peanuts, pulled pork and beer. <laughs> what, <laughs> what has been each of y'all's favorite vacation and why I just figured talking about some happy memories will brighten my day. I'll see myself out.
1: Favorite vacation is the one I've taken each of the previous four years that I'm not going to be able to take this year. And it's the, uh, the week that the family and I have down at uh, Kiwa Island in South Carolina, go to the beach. I play a, play a couple of rounds of golf on some amazing golf courses, <sighs> probably five days at the beach, hang out at the pool. Uh, eat at some nice restaurants, right, right out there on the Island. I usually go into Charleston for a day and uh, have some some favorite spots to visit to in Charleston as well. Love, there's one place called the uh, Amen Street Oyster Bar as just tremendous, a tremendous array of oysters. I'm already missing that trip <laughs> already, even though it, it would have been next month. And, oh, man, it, I, I'm actually going to be thrown off center without it. Because I love yeah. that week of just spending it mostly on the island, biking from place to place, playing some golf, hanging out at the beach, hanging out in the pool. Yeah. I need that. I need that like I need oxygen, and I'm <laughs> not going to have it this year. And it's – you know, I know it's – it's everyone's everyone's losing stuff, and it's sort of the least of what anybody has to sacrifice. But I'm going to miss
0: it. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds so nice, Mace. I've been – I can't pick a favorite trip I've been on. You know, I was so fortunate that my parents really valued traveling above uh, a lot of things and especially letting me see the world. So I've been fortunate to go to, to a lot of places. And, And since I've become an adult and, and you know, on my own financially, I've really prioritized that as, you know, the number one thing that I want to do. So I've been so many places and, and love them all. Absolutely love them all. So I can't, Point my finger to one, um, but yeah, I mean that—that—that's what I do to to escape. Is think about traveling, research traveling. I just love everything about traveling. So <laughs> great question there, Tribe Bronco. And man, I love how you throw boiled peanuts, pulled pork, and beer into your vegetables.
1: <laughs> and I and I, I Zach, I love the way your parents think in terms of uh, emphasizing travel. That's something that uh, uh, my wife and I have been talking about a lot. Emphasizing as Charlotte gets older now and can take more trips is uh, we're probably going to value uh, travel over uh, some other, some other things in, in life as far as like, you know, having the nicest, this and that, maybe it's not as important as experiences. Right. And uh, uh, that's,
0: so we knew you had good parents, Zach, because look how you turned out. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mace. Thank you, Mason. Boy, I'll tell you from, from a Charlotte's perspective, Man, it was it was the best gift that I could have been given. Because I certainly did not grow up with, with everything. It was them valuing uh, mm-hmm. just like you said, experiences that uh, and boy, I, I couldn't be more thankful for that.
1: Yep, broaden your horizons. Before we move on, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Davidson's with two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned and have a massive selection. Carry our personal favorite, Breck Bruce, and the staff at Davidson's Liquors is incredibly knowledgeable. Supporting our partners, of course, is supporting us. And while you can order through the Davidson's app online, don't forget their sales floor is back up and running. They're limiting the number of people who can go in, of course, to maintain proper social distancing. So you can walk in, you can get curbside delivery, or you can have, or you can receive delivery at your place. I did the curbside option a couple of weeks ago, load up on some ingredients for my favorite thing to make Moscow mules. So I got some Rekha vodka, got some uh, Fever Tree uh, ginger beer, some lime juice, outstanding. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you can get at Davidson's. And of course, from Davidson's, you can get Breck's delicious 15 can sampler delivered directly to your door. Download their app today for incredible deals and sign up for their loyalty program. And make sure you tag us when you get your booze from Davidson's. They always have the best offers. Look at the app for deals of the day. You can request products be ordered into the store. So if there's something rare and they don't have it listed, request it. They will get it for you. And tweet at
0: us when you go. Davidson's Liquor Centennial and Highlands Ranch. And guys, make sure you also check out the Denver Rubber Company because they're the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Denver Rubber Company is an essential business, so they've been open this entire time and can help in so many industries. They support military defense, medical, uh, government, wind energy, food and beverage industries, literally anything that you could possibly need with rubber, they will hook it up, whether it's bulk orders or custom specific orders, they can do that. So give them a call for any of your needs at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. They've been around since 1972. They're diehard Denver sports fans. And if you need anything for your snowplows, they can still hook it up. They can provide custom rubber for blades, foam gaskets, hose assemblies, and metal parts so guys make sure to give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or drcfirst.com slash dnvr all right mates let's get back to the people next one coming in from kirk smith hey guys rk has said before your first thought is usually the correct one flacco lock etc your first thought is the best one and your first thought about garrett bull should have been peace i also agree with what zach was saying what kind of message are you sending? If you extend Garrett, good call, John. Keep it up. Yeah, John. Yeah, Matt McChesney's talked about the message quite a bit
1: that goes on uh, with, regarding Garrett Bowles in the locker room. And I know he mentioned this to us on the draft show, talked about how some guys in that locker room feel like Garrett Bowles in terms of the mistakes he makes gets away with stuff that other guys don't. And yep. that is a sort of thing that
0: can lead to a lot of resentment in the locker room. Yep. Yep. It, exactly. And, and that's just something that John Elway really in, in a couple of years ago, he wasn't afraid to send him a, a wrong message to the locker room, but now he is, he's very conscious of what a losing locker room needs in order to get back to winning ways. And I think that played a big part in the, his decision. Yep. The other Ryan,
1: caballeros.
0: not a whole <laughs> lot
1: has gone our, are- collective way in 2020 but sometimes the stars properly align to give us taco Tuesday on Stinko de Mayo like today the NFL schedule release has been one of my favorite parts of the NFL calendar for some time now the football nerd in me creates mock schedules for the Broncos and other teams each spring last season the Broncos opened on the road for the first time since their week one game at Jacksonville in 2010 this game's most memorable moments, memorable moments pardon me were Tim Tebow getting a couple of snaps in his pro football debut in his hometown and Josh McDaniels lighting up Richard Quinn, who McDaniels grossly overdrafted on the sideline. Strangely, the Broncos have not concluded their regular season with a game on the road against the Chiefs since 1992. Wow. With the schedule set to be released on Thursday evening, where do you think the Broncos will begin and end their 2020 season and against which opponents? Right now, I'm leaning towards the Broncos kicking off their season with a Sunday afternoon game in Denver against the Chargers. I had the Broncos finishing their regular season in Los Angeles against the Chargers as well. The Broncos commenced and concluded their season against the Raiders in 2019. The last time the Broncos had their final regular season game on the road against the Chargers was 2008, the details of which are obviously not fun. As always, thanks for indulging me in my questions in the DNVR Broncos podcast.
0: It's a privilege to be a soldier in the DNV Army. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> absolutely great comment there, the other Ryan, and in some great points. That's crazy. The Broncos haven't finished their season on the road since 1992. On the road against the Chiefs. Oh, on the road against. Okay, specifically. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and that was
1: a game the Broncos had to win to make the playoffs, and got hammered at mm-hmm. Arrowhead. And then not long after that, Dan Reeves was fired.
0: Does it feel like the Broncos typically play the Chiefs at home every year before going on the road to play them? Hmm. I hadn't given that any thought,
1: but in 2015, for example, they played them on the road in Week Two.
0: Oh, you 20... know what? And, and a couple of years ago, they ended where Patrick Mahomes got to play Paxton Lynch. That was in Denver, right? So never mind. So, so that's twice in the
1: previous five seasons that they've played them in Kansas city before on the road. So it's one of those things that might, it's funny, like there are certain things that feel like they happen often, but then you take a look and say, okay, well, that's not really the case when you parse it out. One thing that felt like it happened often and did happen often was the Broncos playing the Patriots, but it was interesting for a while People felt like, oh, the Broncos play at New England every year, but it's sort of a weird quirk of the schedule rotation with the AFC East where the potential home games in the years where you're only playing one team from that division, not all four, the home games for the AFC West are clustered uh, back-to-back with each other, and then the road games are clustered. So it can sometimes feel like you play an opponent at home a bunch of times, and then on the
0: road a bunch of times because of the way that particular part of the rotation works. Right. Right. So I'm going to go with, I hope that the Broncos open on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. I hope that's what the game is on Monday night, the late Monday night game, the Broncos get those games often, but I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I think they open it home against the Saints. I I think I saw a good point on Twitter. I don't don't remember where I saw it where the NFL may stack um uh outside conference games early in the season because those would be the easiest to get rid of if the season needs to be cut short.
1: Yeah but the one thing though is they could take that week one and they could move it anytime conceivably. You're right. So it's possible they could say well let's have week one be divisional opponents and then we can move it to another time just to try to start with a bang. You're right. But that it's possible. I don't see that happening. Um, good. I would say the saints are a possibility. Now, if you want the most electric week one possibility, how about Monday night football at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: No. How about the
1: Tom Brady experience? The yep. Tampa Bay experience. The true T B twelve
0: experience. Yeah. Starting in Denver. I'd be I'd be so okay with that. Man, would that be the eight thirty start since it's Denver? That's the one reason why it wouldn't happen is
1: they would is right. because Denver at home on Monday Night Football will be the late game. Now that being said, you want to find a way to get a huge audience that stays tuned into the wee small hours of the morning, you get TB12 playing in that second game. <laughs> I but I doubt that. they'll do that for that reason. So the Saints are a possibility. All I know is this I don't want the Las Vegas or Los Angeles road games to be early, I want them at the end. I'd love Kansas city on the road to be as early as possible.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I would prefer Atlanta Carolina on the road to be towards say November. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want
1: to get New York, new England where it's cold. I, I want those out of the way early. Actually Broncos jets would be an interesting week. One
0: game. Mm, it would be, it would be, that would be. Um, and I'll say the Broncos end the season. Against the Chiefs. I feel good about that. I may have to go on the road, though. Not not that that's what I want. That's just my guess.
1: I think the Broncos – I'm going to predict that the Broncos close at home against the Chargers. Okay. And that the week before Christmas weekend, they're at the Las
0: Vegas Raiders. Hmm. I like that. I see what you're setting up. That's not too bad for you, Mace. Be, uh, be in Vegas in December. I hope
1: I'm traveling to these games. That's no, really true. I hope I'm at these games. I mean, every, everything is just cross your fingers and hope. I really hope that I'm sitting in the
0: press box watching all this and uh, having some semblance of a normal season. It'd be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it it would be. So good question. The other Ryan just ice hold the water. Hey guys, currently listening to yesterday's pod and not sure if you have touched on this question, but would it be wild to think that KJ Hamler could produce numbers closer to Judy and Cortland schematically and with how much of a vertical threat that Hamler can be Could defenses focus on the other aspects of our offense while Hamler sneaks right by to the end zone. I don't think the targets will be nearly the same for Hamler compared to our top two, but could the impact be nearly as close to Judy and court's numbers? Thanks guys. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Just ice, hold the water. It may be a situation
1: where the numbers don't reveal it, but the impact could be comparable just because he basically discombobulates a defense and because there's emphasis on big plays with him. So yeah. maybe it's a scenario where he – has say 600 yards receiving on 31 or 32 catches, but eight of them are for touchdowns because he's breaking them away, and a bunch of them are 30 plus yards, right? Because he's turning small
0: plays into big ones because of his speed. Yeah, I think he's gonna be uh, a guy where he disappears for a couple of games and then he's having a few couple of huge games. What you also have to remember about the Broncos third receiver don't forget about Noah Fant. So all the third receiver talk isn't going to just go straight to KJ Hamler. It's Noah Fant's going to be involved in that too. And even Noah Fant had kind of a wide variance last year as well as a rookie, even though he didn't have KJ
1: Hamler speak just in how he was used. There were some some games he had explosive totals and others that he barely saw the football. Exactly, exactly. All right, you want me to try to pronounce this one? (laughs) It's all you. Okay. Anna Anarangado Anna or Ron and Blur. Yeah, yeah, okay, got I, it better than I, would. I butchered that. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, all. After May, she's sure, the DMVR fold. That was the final selling point, and I had every intention of subscribing this spring to, to DMVR since draft season is almost as fun as the games for me. Then COVID 19 hit. I own a small business in Colorado Springs that was forcefully closed and I had to cut all discretionary spending during that time I made a list of small businesses i wanted to support once i had the opportunity again and so there it is
0: cue it up got him
1: also i know i already shout out mace but i've been a huge fan of zach's coverage for a long time and he deserves a bunch of credit for the allure as well all love for rk2 hey thank you
0: so thank much thank you
1: so much for the kind work and, th- and i know like you said it's it's really hard and everyone's under a crunch right now but the fact that you want to support us. That, that, that means the world. And there are no words to describe how grateful we are to you and everybody who's rolling with us as a subscriber right now and how you make all this possible. So we truly appreciate each and every one of you for joining well, us every day. Well said. Supporting nice. us. Anyway, back to the comment. I'm equally confused with the bowl situation. I feel like lately there's been a plan in place and very good roster strategy, which is why the situation is so hard to pin. I think it comes down to three main options. Number one, waiting for the right veteran to become affordable. It looks like Peters is staying in Philly, so we need to put that to bed. Number two, Munchak has an internal candidate that may outgrow Bowles by midseason. A few people on Twitter think Wilkinson could be growing. Three, what are the chances this is cap-slash-financial-flexibility maneuver? Where with Bowles' advanced age and upcoming contracts for Sutton and Chubb, the Broncos don't want to start the clock on Bowles' new deal close to those other guys, but rather get the guaranteed money on the books now to give them flexibility for the bigger pending deals. I'm just so confused by it all that I don't know what a possible explanation could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I hope that they have something up their sleeve, whether it's a villain wave and maybe there's some guy that Munchak loves in the draft, or maybe just John Elway says, okay. We covered everything but left tackle this offseason. Next year, it's either going to be a ton of money in free agency or it's going to be a first-round pick. So they don't know exactly what the answer is, but they know they're willing to spend a lot.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing with Jason Peters, I know Albert Breer suggested both uh, the Broncos and Chargers as potential destinations for Jason Peters. And, of course, um, they've got Andre Dillard who's uh, basically moved up in prominence out there in Philadelphia. So. But that being said, and it has been said that Peters wants to stay, and there was a report from NBC Sports Philadelphia that suggested that he wants to stay and that the Eagles want him back. So we'll see. But at the same time,
0: he wants to play too. Yeah, yeah, man. Boy, if it could be in Denver, that would be real nice.
1: But with internal candidates, you still think there's something
0: that Calvin Anderson's – Kind of hmm. Emoji. Uh, I feel like John. Owe, of, I feel like John just would have thrown his name in there when saying who's all competing for that left tackle spot, and he didn't at all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the genius of
1: the whole thing—a <laughs> complete surprise like that. We do know that Mike Munchak loves to develop uh, offensive linemen, but and also. We do know that he likes uh, some of the guys that he's coached in the past. He did bring in Patrick Morris and Kelvin Beach,
0: and we coached in Pittsburgh is still sitting out there too. Yep. That's a great point. So. Mace. Montana Broncos says happy Cinco de Mayo. My painful sports fan story. I grew up on a small ranch in Colorado in the sixties and seventies during that time as, bro- as Broncos, there weren't, wasn't much to celebrate. So I picked a second team had to go NFC. So I picked the Minnesota Vikings, sad face. I was 10 when they lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. I was so upset, I ran outside crying. One of the cows got in my way, so I punched her. My dad saw this and said, that kid is going to kill one of our cows over a damn football game. Eventually dropped them completely and went wholeheartedly with the Broncos, who also lost four Super Bowls before winning one. But I kept my emotions in check and didn't commit any more livestock abuse. Sorry for the long comment. Not a long comment at all, Montana Bronco. Yeah, that's actually pretty brief compared to some of the ones we get, but that's a <laughs> heck of a story though. <laughs> oh, and then he does add one more thing. He says one more thing. I hear the bulls line of clothing holds its shape after wash, <laughs> wash after wash. Oh, <laughs> oh boy what are we gonna do without all the the jokes Uh, i guess we got one more year to use them all right maybe but then he could ball out and then next thing you know you're resigning him (laughs) yeah five years hundred million dollars oh
1: my i I don't even (laughs) uh, 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 i I don't even want (laughs) to think about that kyan roenigsberg hey there guys couple questions number one what order would you rank the past three draft classes i personally think that last year's draft was number one because we got the QB of the future, and that's the most crucial position in all of the sports. Number two, who do you think carries the heavy load this
0: upcoming season, offense or defense? Thanks for the great content as usual, gents. Well, I tell you, it better be the defense. I know the offense is the one getting all of the attention, and rightfully so. I understand it, but look what the defense did. They swapped out Derek Wolf for who? Who's a you know a good Bronco? for a five-time consecutive pro bowler on the defensive line. Um, You know, you're hopeful that you get Bryce Callahan back. You got A.J. Boye, who could actually be a better fit than Chris Harris Jr. Uh, And so on this defense, be an upgrade as well. You kept your safeties around. Now you have year two of Vic Fangio. You get Bradley Chubb back. Von Miller should be better. You know, there, there are ifs and shoulds in that. But also, this is the highest paid defense in the entire NFL. The offense is going to be fun. They're going to have their bursts. They're going to score 35, maybe 42 points a couple of times. They're also probably going to have a couple of duds where you're putting up 17 points uh, in an 18 to 17 loss where it feels painful. The defense should be good from the start to the end.
1: I think that's a good point. The defense should be good from the start to the end. The offense is going to be in transition. There's electric potential, but I think their performance could be a little bit all over the place at times, a little bit inconsistent. But I expect the defense to keep the Broncos in games. I expect the defense to end up allowing about 18 and a half points per game to make some plays. And I expect the defense to capitalize on playing from ahead more often than it did
0: over the last few years so right i'm optimistic there yep that's a good point mace next one from sir james radio day 17 of the jersey challenge afc east time the new york jets he's going sam darnold to match my usc version of his jersey fight on peace out ah yeah if you, that'd be cool to, to pair up the college one yeah you know what i'm going with sam Ficken,
1: their kicker <laughs> but I'm customizing it and I'm having a space and then the letter A
0: after a surname. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man. Mace, who do I, I guess I go with Sam Darnold. I don't know who, what are names on that team? Well, names. Well, Sam Ficken's a name. It certainly is. That's a, that's a Ficken name. Uh, uh, Braxton Berrios is a name. Oh yeah. Could go with uh, Connor McGovern. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he'll be out of there soon. CJ Mosley. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have a couple names. Yeah, I guess I'll go with Sam Darnold.
1: Uh, Uh, But I'm not
0: not thrilled about that. Jamal Adams. I mean, really, he's probably their most talented player, Jamal Adams. I just feel like he's going to be gone. Seems like he's wanted out for a while. The other thing with the Jets is their uniform is so – I don't know. i didn't like
1: their uniform change it's so blah i I like their sick they're basically their 1960s throwback that uniform had some panache to it
0: yeah yeah it yeah there's just nothing sexy about really either i guess you can get saquon if you're with the giants but outside of that there's not much sexy about the new york teams oh the giants but the giants have a beautiful uniform though you think so they're pretty pretty bland
1: uh, the, the blue – the silver pants or the gray pants, <laughs> the old N- school NY on the helmet. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful look. And I love, I love their color rush look, which is basically a throwback where they go all white but basically wear their 1980s and 90s uniform with the Giants word mark on the side of the helmet. That's, yeah. I, I love that. Do you know, by the way, why for – a couple of decades they went with giants on the helmet instead of ny no it was they made the change when they moved to new jersey to ah,
0: interesting
1: and like new jersey kind of had an inferiority complex they preferred that the giants not have ny on their helmet and they prefer and also for a long time there was a map of new jersey at the 50 yard line at what was then giant stadium
0: wow that's fascinating. So yeah, reminder you reminder that
1: they may be the New York Giants, but they represent New Jersey right now.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs>
1: yep. LDJ. So here's my thing when it comes to Elway, and especially when it comes to Fangio. Everything we've asked them to do, they have done. We want Elway to draft better. Here we are sitting on three incredible drafts three years in a row. We wanted to stop with the retreads and find a young QB. Boom, we got Luck. Like everything they have done has bared awesome fruit. and This team is so young. Like you guys said, if everything works out well and left tackle is our only issue, we can go tackle, tackle, back-to-back next year. Maybe someone will be a fan of that and stop crying on the radio and social media all day. My biggest issue lately is people knocking the Michael Ojemudia pick. Anybody complaining about that pick, I got two questions for you. Number one, other than Bill Belichick, is there a defensive mind in the NFL better than Vic Fangio? Then number two, out of Fangio's two dominant defenses, the Niners and Bears, can you name the corners in those defenses? You know the D-line. Definitely know the safeties and linebackers. But the zone corners aren't as integral. Duh. I mean, Kyle Fuller is awesome. Let's be honest, before Fangio, the Bears didn't even know if they wanted to re-sign him. I mean, he was Emmanuel's son when we'd have joint practices with the Bears. I trust Fangio know what he's doing, and he wanted this guy. Yadam was not Fangio's guy, but I love I love Chris, but Fangio inherited Chris. He has the safeties he wants in Kareem and Justin. He has the corner he wanted, A.J. Boya, that he's been wanting, and now Jamudia. We've got Traspagia, who, if we gave this defense to Fancy Joseph with all these injuries last year, we would have been drafting Chase Young this year. Let's be honest. I mean, these things take time. We can go through every A-plus draft. Yes, the Cowboys had a phenomenal draft, but they only got Trayvon Diggs for people in their secondary on expiring contracts, and you still haven't paid Dak Prescott or Minnesota. Yes, they had an awesome draft, but they need all those picks. They lost three corners. Two defensive linemen, a wide receiver, and their offensive line already had holes. If the one weakness we got is tackle, I can live with that. Rather than have a litany of holes like other drafts, people are praising, LOL. P.S. <laughs> yes, I don't know what game the one listener was watching, but I rushed, rewatched every snap. And um, Judy was open a lot. If he wasn't open, he was blocking or at least trying to. Maybe Donovan Smith stood out to him because he had two deep touchdowns. But Judy was open. Alabama O-line had a really bad day, and two had a bad day as well. Didn't see what he saw about Judy, lol. But I don't know.
0: <laughs> Great long comment there, LDJ, and uh, I mean a, a lot of good points. And kind of like I said, the Broncos entered uh, this offseason with tons and tons and tons of holes. You couldn't have expected John Elway to fill every single hole. You couldn't. That that would have been too tall of a task. He did a fantastic job. I just wish one of the holes that he left open wasn't left tackle because he it could have been something else but it was left tackle and and that's just a bummer especially with his decision of saying left tackle will be wide open after this year
1: okay well then what hole are you gonna have if you're filling left tackle
0: let's um hmm maybe guard maybe uh glasgow you spend 11 million dollars somewhere else um that's one that that i think you definitely take the change from guard to tackle uh, man i don't want to say cornerback because of just how barren that could be uh maybe maybe safety maybe you don't uh keep justin simmons i don't think the broncos would ever do that so i've never really thought about that but i'll go guard
1: okay running, that, running back
0: that's fair or or maybe running back yeah maybe yeah. you don't
1: have melvin gordon maybe instead you're uh well you're
0: holding your breath a little bit. Mm, holding. <laughs> Just oh dear. Had Mace do a face palm there. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a tough question, that's for sure. Yep. Double D From, says, well, "Read the JJ character story. Think many had seen Sabin said they had to monitor him because he had a tendency to over." work and then he drops a link in there so yeah he's a worker and he's showing that since he's for I mean for a long time but definitely since he's been drafted
1: yeah he he works hard he works smart but because he works on the right kind of things to help him as a receiver but this is somebody who's gonna be one of those guys who's probably gonna be the last one one of the last ones off the practice field every day yep yep he's a football guy that's for sure and finally Vic Fagio sweater. If you could swap draft classes with one other team, would you? And if yes, who? Huh.
0: That's a good question. Mace, who, who are some, uh, some teams that had great drafts, draft classes this year? Okay. Um, I really liked, I like Baltimore's
1: a lot. Yeah. I, I like James Prochet for value in round six, but they got Malik Harrison Devin DuVernay, and Justin Matabuke in round three. They got their running back in J.K. Dobbins in round two. Jonathan Taylor was off the board by then. And, of course, they they stood pat and uh, got Patrick Queen there in the first round at number 28 overall.
0: Oh, wait, Mace, you muted. You accidentally muted yourself just right before that. Pick after pick after pick, I, they got value. And I
1: can't forget about Tyree Phillips, the uh, guard they got also in round three. So they've made the most of four third round picks. Ooh, So I consider trading with the, uh, with the Ravens, even though there's not an offensive tackle there, because of course uh, they're pretty well set at offensive tackle. Hmm. Yeah, it's- I hate saying this and it didn't fill every need the Broncos would have had, but I liked a lot of the Bengals draft. Yeah, starting with Joe Burrow, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither back to back in the middle rounds. Marcus Bailey is out of Purdue. They picked him in the seventh round, and he's a day two pick. Worst case scenario, if he doesn't have injuries, excellent yeah. value there. If he if he's healthy, he's a starter. Yep, at linebacker. So I thought they had a very good draft. I'm not sure I'm trading drafts with anybody, but those are some of the ones I like. Probably the
0: one that I would consider trading with is Baltimore. Yeah, well, and you did a great job, Mace, highlighting. But you know what? With where the Broncos are, and since I don't necessarily know if there was a tackle that I loved that where that team also went on to have a great draft at positions of need for the Broncos, I'll stick with what the Broncos did. And kind of a boomer bust. Not, not, not really a bus, because Jerry Judy is not going to be a bus, but man, the potential for the boom on the offensive side of the ball with this draft is so, so exciting. And guys, speaking of great values, Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood is a fantastic value. Not only can you get your teeth cleaned but if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you're a free you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush from them guys that's all you have to do is take care of your teeth for them to give you a free sonicare toothbrush and when you go there make sure to tell them dnbr sent you guys they're a family owned dentistry very close to denver and they're diehard sports fans just like all of us so go in get your teeth cleaned talk some broncos football and schedule a cleaning x-ray exam and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush that's Green Mountain Dental Group all right Mace that was a fun one again so happy to have this week rolling with you Mace and guys thank you guys all so much for rolling with us for Andrew Mason I'm Zach Stevens have a terrific Tuesday enjoy some tacos enjoy some Cinco de Mayo and we'll be with you on the other side tomorrow